0: Blake Blake, 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 Blake Blake, 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 Wesler, Blake,
1: Blake, 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 Ah, welcome to Blake's Takes, for God's sakes. It's a podcast, I swear to God. Uh despite all evidence to the contrary, this is a podcast. Uh, huge shout out to Genius Magazine for making um, this uh, this podcast their top pick. If you haven't read Genius Magazine or if you don't have a subscription, I'd say that you're probably not a genius. So, uh, but they are, and they said uh, uh, this podcast is for the smart, which is great. So, thank you to Genius Magazine. Also, Black and Decker. Uh, shout out to Black and Decker for uh, saying that this podcast is a true tool for uh, for success. So um, thank you very much. And they know their tools. Who knows tools better than Black & Decker? Uh, maybe maybe a lacrosse coach. <laughs> oh, we're off to a hot fucking start. Um, welcome. Oh, uh, This week, what's going to be on the show this week? I do. I have a special guest. I do. I'm going to say I do to this guest, just like his wife said I do to him. And that is why I am a, a B plus. When I'm at my best, when I am at my best podcasting, my God, nobody's more of a B plus than I am. B plus should have been my nickname because my first name is B, but then it has more letters, Lake. So it's B plus Lake. And this is when riffing uh, goes right. Mike Hemshire is my guest this week, and uh, he is one of my best friends in the entire world. You might know him from that. You might know him. My the, the heat coming off the Blake Wexler planet uh, has really put a fire under this guy's popularity. No, uh, you also might know him from Philly Sports Twitter. Uh, one of the, one of my favorite people in the entire world. One of the best people. Genuinely, one of the best people I know. And he got married. During the pandemic, I mentioned on a previous podcast that him and his wife, uh, they were stealing stimulus uh, stimulus checks sent to the dead, and that is true, and we will talk about that, but first we'll talk about um, how he got married during the pandemic, all the bullshit that him and his wife had to deal with. His, uh, also, by the way, why do I keep calling her his wife? She's great. I know her. Her name's Katie. Him and Katie had to deal with um, while trying to get married, pushing it back vendors i don't clearly i'm not married yet yes vendors rings uh i don't they had to get a new ring bearer (laughs) i don't i don't know shit about what it means to get wedding uh to get wedding perfect there it is sometimes comedy comes from uh you being a complete idiot um but anyway uh mike is the best and he will uh be speaking about getting married during the pandemic and the Philadelphia 76ers, which this will be the only time I speak about them for the next 10 years. So uh, two things. Uh, Mike will be talking about those two things. And I, oh, but but, 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 but Duck, Duck, Goose, Duck, Duck, Goose was the most stressful fucking game because you didn't know. So I'm trying to remember the rules. So you would be in a circle and you don't know when you were going to be chosen. And the stress that I felt as a child, because I was not fast. I was not thin, I was not coordinated, and I feel like my skin, like didn't register touch until too late. You know what I mean? Like what is that? Like the uh, the synapses wouldn't fire if someone goosed me. Is was that what happens? Do you get goosed when I would be goosed? I feel like I didn't realize realize I was goosed until the fucker was like all the way around the circle yet. So, um. I don't remember how I got on this subject, but duck-duck-goose was very, very difficult. And I was slow. I couldn't catch the the, the gooser. Um, so what would they do? They would pat you on the shoulder if you were ducked, which means you got to sit down, continue to sit down. And then if you were goosed, they hit you in the head. Do I remember that correctly? Wouldn't they slap you in the head? Or is that how I was treated? I don't remember, but... Uh, there are four more. Oh, I, this is how I got on the subject. I stuttered. <laughs> uh, if you're this is if you're new to the podcast, this is what it is. So, um, I uh, t- I do have two more subjects because uh, each week, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, I dive into four. Uh, subjects, politics, sports, relationships, and leisure. And I pick a a current event from those and I uh, I give my Blake's take on it. So um, Mike is going to do the first two with me and then I'm going to dive into, for leisure, how I would handle a natural disaster if it was on my doorstep. Uh, Meaning, you know, there's uh, fires everywhere in California right now. So far, knocking on wood. Uh, By the way, now my dog's going to run out because he uh, thinks that someone's knocking on the door. And... um, So knocking on wood, there are no fires in Southern California really right now, but um, that is what's provoking that topic. So how, if I found out, boom, you got to go, there's a natural disaster, how would I handle that? And uh, probably, uh, I would say, in a word, poorly. Um, Next... And the final uh, topic I'll do after, so it's going to be Mike. We're going to talk about weddings, the Sixers. I'm going to talk about. Uh, <laughs> wait, why is that leisure? How I would handle a natural disaster? What's leisurely about that? I guess because there's something now about like uh, like being in a high pressure situ- situation that's like leisurely to me. Like I need to feel something. Um, and then finally, I'm going to get into politics. The uh, news about Jerry Falwell Jr. this week. And uh, if you have. Uh, if you don't want to hear any, something uh, completely fucking filthy, I would not listen to that section. I haven't recorded it yet, but the notes that I've written down are... Oh, they're dirty. And uh, what else? Yeah, I guess I'll catch you up on my life real quick before I move uh, into my chat with Mike. As all of you know who listen to this podcast during the pandemic, my legs have grown to a preposterous size. They are massive. They, um, They're just two big bitches. They're fucking huge. And, um, it's, it's all, be it's all beef. It's all strength and muscle and it carries me around. It literally does feel like I, like my torso above and above feels like it's walking on air. Cause it really has nothing to do. I think my spine has withered into just the cord. Like I don't have a spinal column anymore and, um, I don't have like my arms are shit. Like, I don't even know, like I pick up things with my feet. I write with my feet now just cause it's more efficient. Like Why? You know, stick to what you're good at. Do what you know. And for me, it's having strong legs. Now, I did apply... So, two things regarding my legs this week. Uh, and those are your updates. Oh, you only get two. The comedy rule of twos. <laughs> so, I was driving and I went to slam on the brake, right? Because some idiot uh, jumped in front of my car. Uh, they, were, they were a fan. They were trying to get an autograph. And I slammed on the brakes and my leg was so strong I not only broke the pedal, the brake, off the car, which sounds very dangerous because how would you brake? The good news is that my foot, after it broke through the brake, continued to surge through the floor of my Mazda and into the, uh, the road uh, underneath my car, kind of like a one-legged Fred Flintstone, uh, a one-legged FF. So my leg like, tore through this uh, through the, the floor of my car, and it, but my leg is so goddamn strong. When it hit the road, it stopped the car. So that's how strong my leg is. So the fan is alive. I did sign something. For, I, I signed rubble for them. Some of the rubble my leg kicked up. Um, but for the rest of you, please don't jump in front of my car. I might not see you. I might be texting. <laughs> so, and uh, the next thing is that I did apply. They say don't do a podcast when you're in a bad mood. Sorry, sorry. Some things are out of my control. I applied to have my left calf be considered a city state. And by the way, my left calf, it's, I, I do call it a calf because it is the size of a baby cow. Um, it is the size of a calf. And it also requires tons of milk. My left calf requires tons of milk. And I think that's a place where we're going to have to stop. Uh, I think I've done enough. I think I've done more than enough here. So, we're going to move on. I would like to now bring on... I haven't talked to him yet, so I'm assuming we're going to talk about the wedding first, but uh, who knows? Hey, this is podcasting. You never know where a podcast is going to go, buddy. Uh, this is my dear friend, one of my best friends in the entire world, one of my favorite people, one of the genuinely best people I've ever met, Mike Hempshire. Blake is really funny. Blake is really cool. Blah, 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 blah. Blake, Blake, Blake. 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 <laughs> um, uh, but uh I think I think the name of this podcast is gonna be Getting Married During a Pandemic is easier than watching the Sixers for a Week. <laughs> and, and That's the, spot on. I can
0: attest to that, yes.
1: When was so the original date was, was April. Oh, it was in April, right? Right? Yeah, it was uh April third. Yeah. And so
0: then, Yeah, go ahead. So we got back uh I guess Bachelor and Bastard parties there were two weekends before and then there was uh, I'm probably messing the tone, but we had the next, the following weekend. Once we got back, we had to do pre-Kana, um, which was oh, my is last. that the
1: religious thing? Yeah, it was can I? T- I didn't horrific. know what you were talking about, and I knew there was a religious thing. I'm like, that's probably the the thing that I don't know. And yeah, uh, you don't need to know. I did no. it for you. Thank you so um, much, yeah, <laughs> dude. No by problem. the way, I do owe you money for doing that. So thank you so much for doing that.
0: That's right. uh, I have PayPal. Um, um,
1: well, I did give you uh, as a gift my confirmation robe that uh, is was an, a double XL. <laughs> did you have a confirmation name?
0: Uh, yes, I had uh, communion's the one that uh, communion's kind of the uh, the big one for the for the sacraments. I remember that's the one I got all the money for. And
1: that's the one you get. I think to
0: confirmation eat. is the one where you like.
1: Conf- I don't need your confirm- It's like a quinceañera, but Catholic. Yes. It's like a- yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's that's right. indoors. It's an indoor- um, <laughs> cuz that's that's the only difference is that uh quinceaneras it's, it's- are have to be outdoors, <laughs> literally, yes. in a park. But uh right. yeah, that no, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh um, so you guys were back and you did the the like, you know, the pre stuff and um yeah. how many weeks is that before uh before the date? Yeah, I think soon? it was.
0: Uh, well, I think it at this point it was like two weeks until the wedding, and right. well, I just think we remember where, at some point it was two weeks to the wedding, and all this Corona stuff was yeah. uh, starting. So, to what heat were up. you thinking?
1: Like, were you like, "Oh God!" Like, like when did it dawn upon you? Oh shit! Uh, how do we? When did you start the wheels turning? The wheels of like, how if we do? delay this do we even go about doing that like did you start calling vendors being like hey what's your policy here etc cetera, etc cetera, or how'd you go about it
0: we well i just i just remember initially i was like all right there's two weeks to this wedding mm-hmm. and then at this point point i, I th- in my head and a lot of people said i think it felt like everyone just doesn't do anything for two weeks and then this thing goes away right and then everything's gonna be fine and uh and we were right and we were right and that's what ended up happening yes and um, now we're great
1: and your yeah, wedding was a blast good. i loved being there i thought uh Thank i thought you, you know right. the we're... um the buffet was terrific and you yep. know the uh what was it the the ice loose shots that everybody shared mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. coming... our,
0: th- our third kid is on its way
1: yeah yeah congrats um, that's a lot of kids for for, yeah. for one for how for six months you've already had three
0: we got the vaccine yeah um yeah it so, was I a mean, vaccine point,
1: against a nine-month pregnancy
0: <laughs> yeah well that, um, that ties into pre-k but of course
1: of course of course so you thought that like oh, okay this is probably just two two weeks and it'll be fine but like 'Cause I actually don't I, I don't remember when you you guys ended up texting me that this was gonna happen, but um, or maybe you called or I forget what it was, but what was like the thing that finally for the time that you delayed it for the first time, were you like, Okay, this is when we have to do it and this is when we're able to do it.
0: At some point I think the city of Philadelphia uh, canceled all events under or over I don't, it could have been 50 people or something. Right. So at that point, it was like pretty much the decision was made for us. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then you have to go through all the, uh, you know, logistics of the venue and all that, all that shit. But, um, what was so that then like?
1: We... Cause like I hear whenever I've been talking, cause like this, for some reason, this summer and this spring, so many of my friends, uh, were supposed to get married. And the thing that would always come up is that, like, oh, like, you know, we have to, you know make a deal with the vendors and the venue will they let you do it so were they actually were they pretty cool once the city gave you know like that uh i must said edict which is a term from i believe the 1600s uh when they said you can't have more than way way above (laughs) it ain't it ain't that (laughs) that's not the word Um, (laughs) of would they uh said that like hey you guys can't have more than um 50 people or were, were any of them still you know hesitant to to let you do that or was everyone pretty cool
0: Uh, they were pretty cool because they, I mean, they're, uh, they kind of had to abide by whatever the, the city or the state or whatever they, uh, they had said, so they were kind of, um, they were kind of limited themselves as well. So the, the back and forth really wasn't that much. And then, so what we did was we, uh, we found a new date at that point, we pushed it back to July Mm -hmm. and It actually wasn't, it really wasn't that bad. I mean, I, from what I remember, it was like, you know, I think everyone was just terrified of what the hell was going on in the world. And, um, it almost like, you know, obviously your wedding is an important day and something you look forward to, but no one really knew what was going on in general. So Mm -hmm. I think that was kind of like the over, you know, sense of like this fear of like, what the hell is going on? We can't leave our house. You know, people, yeah. are sick. people are dying. Hospitals are filling up. So it was like, you know, the moving a wedding really didn't fall into like one of these like <laughs> primary things in terms of what the grand scheme of what was going on. But once, once we just knew that we had to move it, it was kind of like ripping the bandaid off. And, uh, and the worst part was just the dread of, of waiting to see what do we have to move it? And then once we decided that we, or we knew we had to do it was like whatever let's just figure it out and then and then just uh push it down the road and right it's funny because going from april, april to july at that time seemed like you know three months again this was like take two months previously now three months like oh three months like you
1: were playing it safe you're like okay yeah july yes obviously yeah obviously july right. will work
0: yeah exactly and then uh Again, that was uh, not the case. And that wedding <laughs> and, was uh, also
1: fun. You had your second wedding, so you did. Yeah. And that is the thing I didn't say that you were able to have three full, <laughs> full bore weddings <laughs> yeah. during during this. I made
0: having. you, I made you rent a uh, a tuxedo for each each wedding I've had of so far.
1: Well, I refused to return it, and the uh, the late charges. Actually, I broke even with what it would have taken okay. to rent a new tuxedo right. which was good yeah and i do i do want to compliment you in that like you you guys like i mean you know it is very easy to say like oh like it my wedding it's just a wedding you know in terms of what everything everything else is going on in the world but you know it, it does mean obviously so much to people you know and it's like symbolic of you and this person you know like who like you know you're committing to and uh but you guys were you you both did keep like such a good perspective throughout the entire thing where, you know, there was no like, it's my day <laughs> you know, like yeah. there was there was that, to quote uh jo- a Joe DeRosa joke and um yeah, no. And then I remember you guys like, you know, as big of a challenge as it was, I think the only deposit that you lost was on the S and M outfits. Um, that you went, uh, that you rented, so because they, that is a brutal. They're brutal, um, both in terms of their costumes and their actions, but also in their business policies. <laughs> they don't. Yeah, yeah. Well, they don't.
0: Let's let's just say we recoup that.
1: Oh, oh, good. Your your safe mm-hmm. word was, I. Am my cousin's a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: my brother-in-law is a lawyer. Yeah, my exactly. brother-in-law is a lawyer. Um,
1: yeah, so that, that's
0: what we were most nervous about.
1: Of course, of course, and you handled it with poise. Um, what? Um, and by the way, poise was the name of the uh, dominatrix. <laughs> yeah, its name was no. poise. Um, right. So with a Z, P O Y Z. Um, so you New guys, age? yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> this ain't your grandpa's <laughs> dominatrix. Um, so, uh, and here's another. I actually uh, to get um, serious again so once july was approaching when were you like and i did talk about kind of briefly on a previous podcast how beautiful like your actual you know small wedding uh get together was And i want to ask you about that in a second but when were you like okay like fuck it we have to cancel that july one enough's enough let's just do this
0: um i think it was like late april so Mm -hmm. uh I keep going. I keep saying uh, and, um and um and for that, I'm very sorry. But oh, I'm trying no to uh, rack my brain. No, this um,
1: is, you're you're doing great. And also, uh, the amount of fucking bullshit ticks that I have on this thing, I don't think anybody's going to notice. Yeah, what you're doing. if people
0: could see, if people could see the video portion of this, um, <laughs> they would have seen quite the other world of this.
1: It's true. Um, That's true.
0: But so we had our. Uh, we, we got our marriage license back before we were supposed to originally get married. And that was mm-hmm. set to expire. Um, I forget one, but the, for that kind of like set the wheels in motion, like um, at that Wait, point, how we does that work? New... I'm so,
1: I don't know how that works. So is it a marriage license where you get it and then in, does it have to be signed or like, yeah. Oh, interesting. So,
0: You get it beforehand. Like we went to city hall. And uh, we, you know, there's like paperwork and stuff. And then the, I guess they, they give you this this document and then whenever you actually get married, um, the person doing the wedding, whether mm-hmm. it's a priest or like a officiant or whatever right. they call them, would be the one to sign it. And then you'd be legally married. So C-
1: Can I tell you something? Um, um, I was an ahead. officiant in a wedding. And I'm not going to mention names. And I did not sign that document. I forgot to do it. Mm. So they had Mm. to uh, get my signature in in a different way. (laughs) But so I I don't know if these people are legally married, but um, they're behaving like they are so but they are yeah. but they are very uh, definitely legally <laughs> divorced um so you uh sorry, right i'm sorry and I, I i took you off i took you off track there so um the marriage license was set to expire and you're like oh shit because pro- i would imagine getting another one's a big pain in the ass right
0: i think so because all the buildings and stuff are closed
1: Oh uh, God, right because
0: of covid so uh i think we just realized that at a certain point that things weren't going to get better. Um, You know, we have grandparents, you know, we have other family members and friends that they were compromised, but we just knew it wasn't going to work with the normal amount of people we wanted. And the last thing we wanted to do was put anyone in danger. And the stress of that wouldn't have been, you know, kind of what you're looking for in your normal wedding day. So we were like, you know what, let's just kick it. Because we couldn't get out of our, our venue, so we were kind of on the hook for that. So if we could have, we would have discussed that, but we could not. So,
1: And, and by said, the way, just fuck Citizens Bank Park for not letting you out of that, by the way. <laughs> fuck them. I know. <laughs> the fucking fanatic. Dan Baker had us by the balls. He does. Uh, he does that. He makes he, me sick. Yeah.
0: That's what makes him great, though. True.
1: Um, (laughs) What makes him so hard to deal with is also what makes Dan Baker great. Um, That's wonder. (laughs) So uh, you ended up having this absolutely, it was uh, people very close to you. Um, You really limited it. And uh, it was in a place that like meant a lot to you as well, you know um and you don't have to like you can go as far into that as, as you'd like you know i know some of that's private but uh yeah i just want to say it was the most like beautiful it was so beautiful like i was like emotional looking at it when you when you guys sent uh when you sent that photo to you know me and uh you know your lesser friends sweet of you blake of course you. and yeah. um me number one friend and then the the, the others and um but you, uh, it was, you were the first to respond i was thank you and that will by, uh, by pigeon Jeff. by carrier pigeon <laughs> By carrier it. and yeah. by, by chicken pot pie that I sent to you <laughs> and I put like a fortune in it. Um, so uh, yeah, it was really really nice. So how did that like? Is there? I, I don't want to like put words in your mouth, but it almost like you like was there some sort of you know almost like not fulfillment, but it was like it almost made it worth it in that you because you overcame so much shit together to have this you know to have this wedding like did that almost make it more special in a way or was it like are you still excited for like you know the one with all the family like how did how did you feel doing it that way like what did a wedding like that feel like
0: no for sure it was like it made it all you know not to get too uh sappy here do you it know, i still love still fucking love football
1: yeah um, hey man go go <laughs>
0: no in the, in the weirdest way it worked out almost for the best um that way it was like kind of a special thing that we were able to figure out during such all this chaotic shit. and it was uh you know ended up being in my parents backyard who now my parents live in my you know it was my grandparents house before they passed away and my dad's whole family basically it sounds insane but they all pretty much live on like the same street in the same neighborhood so in their backyard there's this little bridge that goes over um like a little creek and uh so it presented like this nice opportunity to get married on in front of this little bridge so for like for you know pictures and stuff it worked out perfectly that's great um yeah and then her my katie's mom's cousin was is a judge so um actually it was ruth uh bader ginsburg she married us in my of course. Parents backyard of course uh rbg so rbg came through for us and uh, she wore
1: her springtime robes which i thought was yeah <laughs> it
0: was it was a little little revealing but uh <laughs> yeah no, no, to <laughs> No, her uh her her cousin is a judge, so he was the one that was nice enough to do it for us and uh yeah, it was quick, easy and uh but it worked out for the best and, and kinda like you were saying, it, it made uh made for like a special uh special way of it all, all working out. And then so we pushed it back like for now for a full year. So um when we get to it or whenever, whenever, whenever the hell right? this, this party happens, it's just going to be like, that's what it's going to be. It's just like some awesome party that we'll be happy to see our friends and family, uh, you know, probably for the first few times and so long. So that's it, great. It, it, yeah, it worked out. So
1: I, I was laughing at the idea, like, you know, it was the perfect setup in that, you know, a, uh, like, you know, your, um, your wife's you know relative is a judge it was like a beautiful you know like your parents happened to live in a like a place with a lot of meaning you know where you were able to where you were able to do it safely in distance i'm laughing at the idea of you know at your you like didn't your parents didn't live there you didn't have that option so you had to do it in like that old south philly apartment that you lived in with jeff and john where you guys are getting married there's like a dead cat in the wall and just someone yeah. just an air, just air conditioner rat. falls out of the building next door onto the street <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's dude. great. but before uh, before we that move was plan, on that was plan B. Of course, of course, yes, it was Plan plan mm. B in that uh <laughs> never mind <laughs> because, just caught it Just caught yeah, it. of course. Um, <laughs> so I um I did want to ask two more questions before we move on to uh, a, a very negative subject but um so I guess like in terms of like like uh advice, you know that you would have like i guess maybe just a quick like sense or two of like for people with weddings you know like who like they're not like you know oh they might keep getting pushback or whatever like do you have any advice for them and then also after that um well i'll ask you that question after that so do you have advice for people say, yeah
0: sorry uh i've had it really easy and mm-hmm. a lot of that is just because of uh how cool katie handled everything so um because of that, I never really felt stressed or all that. Um, I think my only advice would be is to just kind of figure out between you and the other person, what you two want to do. Mm -hmm. And I know it's like hard to cut out all the ideas of what your wedding, you know, you think it might be and all the people and stuff, but you really just have to communicate with each other. Like what's the best way we can do this for the two of us because, um, that's ultimately what you're what you're doing it for um and i would also say just if you're going to err to the side of being safe and cautious um because you know if you do throw something together and um god forbid someone gets sick or whatever then you know that's probably something you'll never get over so
1: yeah yeah and celibacy obviously uh i think was the the, the thing that you were you were going to say as well no that's perfect that's Mm -hmm. beautiful and then i guess the last thing is um advice for uh like so for friends you know that's it's funny you may not have advice on this because like you may be the wrong person to ask because you're so like cool with this shit but i think a lot of people you know maybe you've experienced this yourself well maybe you haven't but Um, Yeah, I think that, Blake, that's what the word maybe implies, is that there's two uh, options. Yeah, we'll fucking see, all right? (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Out with it, baby. Um, (laughs) So, I, uh, as a friend, it's like, what can friends do to make it easier on that couple? Because, you know, the urge is to be like... So are you fucking, are you fucking doing it or is this fucking going to fucking happen? Obviously I I never did that with you because I uh, am a human being who understands you were probably going through a lot of fucking stress, but what's a thing that friends can do to, I guess, like, uh, not even necessarily help, but not make the situation worse.
0: (laughs) And and if you don't have anything there, it's, 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 it's okay too. Honestly, just from my standpoint, I just became so tired of having to ask people about my wedding. That right. I just became like I started to feel bad. I'm like, these my friends and my family don't want to hear about my wedding anymore. Um, but you're trying to find a new date and all this stuff. So, uh, basically, whatever you guys did was perfect because it didn't make me feel any worse. Good. And, uh, I think just checking in occasionally be like, Hey, I'm here. If you need me, if I can do anything, blah, 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 even though that kind of sometimes that seems like such a small gesture, just. I don't know offering that and basically not just sounding like you're being a pain in my ass with this wedding
1: right uh good good
0: yeah good and then just oh okay well that's good to know Mm -hmm. um yeah and just you know maybe some e-cards
1: stuff like that oh Uh, yeah 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 i sent you a bunch of evites to zoom shows that i was doing i don't know if you ever got those (laughs) yeah yeah Um trade Ben Simmons. We'll be right back, everybody. We were listening to 93.3 wmmr It rocks. Blake is really funny. Blake is really cool.
0: Blah, 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 Blake, Blake, blake,
1: blake. And we're back. So uh next topic. Uh that was that was a beautiful topic, the previous one. This one, very, very, very ugly. So I wanted to talk to you about this because uh obviously you're a very big Sixers fan as well, but I feel like we approach the Sixers in a similar way. And I'm going to tell you my, uh, my theory and then please, please react to it. And that um, I, the way I approach the Sixers, I don't get mad at them. Um, I'm never mad at the Sixers. I get disappointed or like sad with them. we like, when up with the Eagles, for instance, I'll throw something, I'll be pissed off, yell fuck, you know, like like knock something, like I'll get actually angry at the Eagles. But there's something about this Sixers team where I've never in my life, uh, never or intentionally not watched... A game or like an important game from one of my favorite teams you know if i'm on a flight I, I i book flights around games you know like i uh i try not to travel on certain days if you know like if i know the team is like i'll literally mold my entire life to watch a philadelphia sports team but this was the first time i don't think i watched i think i watched like in total four four quarters not consecutively like different during like the games in 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 total out of those four games you, and thank you so much and that was too much so and I didn't watch a fucking minute of that last game so I'm wondering what are your like what is your emotional what is the emotional harm that the, the that this team has done to you versus you know and maybe if you can compare it to like other teams as well where you're a diehard sports fan we've like been through the the worst of Philadelphia sports together. And yet this, for some reason makes me feel more sick than the other ones. <sighs> um,
0: <laughs> I, I hated this team. I, I, <laughs> I despise this team. This, this, this reminded me of like, the, the Eagles dream team, or like any other, mm-hmm. basically most Eagles teams we've had were like my favorite, my favorite week of this football season was the bye week. Um, right. Or like most Phillies teams where they just suck. Uh, but but usually the Phillies, like they had their, their stretch where they were really good. And then the rest of the season, like, you're really not that angry because they're, they're, they're just not like, you're not expecting them to win a World Series or anything.
1: Right. right. Flyers
0: teams, this reminded me of when they had Ilya Brzgalov or these recent years with their coach, Dave Hacksaw, where you actually did not like the team, but this Sixers team was was something else. And I think it, (laughs) a lot of it had to do with expectations, Mm -hmm. um, which as we, that's, We learn we're just really way off, but then I realized like I think it was not even before the series was over. But I just got sad because if you think back to like two to three years ago, where the Sixers were going and how they were this just joyous source of optimism on the on the way up. We had went through so much shit on you know on purpose. We knew what we were doing. And it was like, we've, we've finally gotten to this point where we're about to be like, it's all about to pay off. And then within two years, like, I just, I couldn't see it being any worse. And I don't see where it's going or if it's getting any better. I mean, you know, they get rid of Brett Brown, but.
1: That doesn't feel I mean, good either. It, like it, it all feels I mean, bad. It does.
0: And, like, yeah, I mean, I think we learned, like, Brett Brown was not a good enough coach, and he had to go.
1: Mm -hmm. But But you like him. Like, that's the thing. Like, that that was was the thing to do.
0: He was in a lot of it had to do with his voice. Mm -hmm. Um, He just seemed like a good, cool dude. I think Jeff put it best. He's, like, someone you would love to grab a beer and have a couple apps with. Yeah. But, (laughs) you know, but he just wasn't a great basketball coach. But I don't even know if he could have been because of what they – you know, like the stuff they they put him through. I mean, he went through so much shit dealing with this organization. Mm-hmm. And he, they always put him in front of the microphone and made him talk. Like Josh Harris, the owner, just a complete freak. He, you know, he would like forget to tip his uh, helicopter guy to fill up his helicopter, and he would have Brett Brown hold a press conference. and Also, he for
1: has a helicopter guy um and flies around in a helicopter just like almost yeah. you know like just a like a dark wing duck character you know like just yeah. from like some yeah. fake With like uh like a
0: huge like a
1: cloak yes yes yeah, yeah just like a pocket watch like just gets stuck in the fucking propellers yeah. and sucks <laughs> them out of that goddamn chopper
0: yeah Stuff it's between it,
1: it is yeah fucking weird where um I, I I 100% agree with what you just said and I've never had the feeling to where like with the Brett Brown thing where every time a coach has been because the weirdest thing Brett you know like does it, firing him is the right thing to do for the team and yet it's nothing makes you feel good about this team you know even when yeah. they do the right thing it still feels like shit You know, like even when the perfect way to put it, you know, like whether or not, like just, you become so into these players where, you know, you have like, uh, Joel Embiid deserves a lot of criticism, you know, maybe not a lot, but like a, like a a fair amount. And yet it doesn't feel good to criticize him because you love him so much, you know, like, so nothing, nothing that you normally do makes you feel good. And it's all very, very complicated in that because, it, the hypothetical of the like you know the process era of like okay we are building to something you know and hypothetically all of this can be great and then you have this dream of what can be and you know what an ideal world is and then now that we're in it not only does it not meet expectations which which i believe you just said which is very upsetting in itself but you now look at all the avoidable shit that happened, you know, where there there mm-hmm. is certain things that the Markel Fultz thing, in, in my opinion, I don't think was yet. Yes, it was avoidable technically, but I don't fault them for drafting him. You know, everybody thought mm-hmm. that he was the guy to draft. And there was no at the time, you know, like some people say, oh, like maybe there were rumors that he was weird with his shot or something. But whatever it was, you can understand why they did that for sure. So you can't fault them for that. But then they also do moves like the Al Horford thing and not listen, you know, like making your star player depressed by getting rid of all his friends. <laughs> you know, like there's just oh so the weirdness, the dysfunction that God, I wish there, I wish I didn't cheer for them. Cause it's going to be the most, it is the most interesting story. And it's just, it's, I think it's just all too fucked up, you know, where mm-hmm. got every other co even Andy Reed. I, you know, I didn't feel as bad as I do for Brett. Because Andy, like, that, may, you know, it, it, there was just fatigue there. You know, like, everyone yeah. was just sick of each other. He was going to move on. You knew he was going to be successful. And he never was, by the orga- organization at least, tortured by them. And now you have this guy who is the good soldier who was tortured. Yes, he's not the right guy for the job anymore, but you just feel so bad for him. And Yeah, you know, and
0: they're, they're, they're leaking stuff, you know, an hour yeah. before he's about to be swept. And, you know, I'm not like trying to cry for Brett Brown, but I do appreciate like what he did
1: of for course. the organization
0: over the past, whatever it was, seven years where he was just like, you know, walking through shit so much of the time. And like there's something like the Fultz trade, you know, at the time everyone had him as the guy Yeah. and I was okay with the trade, but I'm just me sitting here. I'm not the one that's supposed to be making these decisions. So, and when, when, you know, some kid forgets how to sh- play basketball and then they put Brett Brown out there to, like, explain it, I, it's, it just, it's just mind-blowing. And then, you know, this is the same. If first of all, Josh Harris, you listen to his voice and you just – the first thing you think is, get the fuck away from me. Get away from me. Get away from my basketball team. Get away from me. And then this guy has been running the show for – he's been the one constant. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. Brett Brown is and he's now gone. And that's what makes me so, you know, just depressed. And that's what I was saying, you know, you have your, your fits of anger and stuff, but then you sit back and think and you just get sad because right. the, the, the the things that are in charge, the people that are in charge are the ones that are, are, are the wrong people. You know, this is the same guy who said he wasn't going to cut, you know, he's a, he's a multi-billionaire, he's going to cut pay to his employees until your star center had to essentially bully him into, into peeling that back. And uh, I just don't see how this is going to get any, anybody- but I mean, they already announced that, you know, Ellen Brand is staying. I mean, they're going to reshuffle some names in the front yeah. office. No one has ever heard before as some, you know, act of good faith that's bullshit. And then even that Ellen brand thing, like, I don't know about you, but when they announced him as the new GM, you know, I'm like, I don't think that's a good idea, but what do I know? I sat there and clapped like, like a kid with a magician because what the hell, that's the other thing. We're yeah. powerless. There's nothing we can do. And that's what makes this so infuriating Now I'm mad at, now I'm getting lightheaded. Like it's
1: just- <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> we
0: had yeah. such a good thing going. And then you, now you're everyone's on ESPN. They're rewriting the process history, what the process was. And it's like, it never even got to live out what it was supposed to be and
1: uh it was killed before it could and and the only way it would have worked is if it could have completed itself you know like as if they let it complete itself and um i uh i was i'm also like i never thought i would cheer or we as philadelphia because we've been pretty lucky with owners you know in philadelphia and the, there's always the owners nationally that get made fun of uh the Washington football guy um Snyder um the Knicks owner Dolan the weirdo in Phoenix yeah like yeah. with the goats and stuff like there's always those like you know who are very easy to make fun of and all of a sudden now I'm starting to realize like as I make fun of those teams it's like oh shit we have one. I'm weird that's one of ours too you know yep Which is, it's all humiliating. (laughs) It's so fucking embarrassing. I just,
0: it's, I think about how enjoyable this would be if this was the Celtics or, you know, like another, like if, I don't know, the Bucs or whatever, if this was another rival team that we just got to sit there and laugh at and it's us. And it's like, I feel like it's always us and that's what sucks. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's what upsets me. And like, Josh Harris, you know, I said, like, on Sunday, like, tonight, Sixers fans won't sleep because we got swept by the Celtics, and Josh Harris won't sleep because he hasn't bought the Mets yet, and that's exactly what's wrong with that motherfucker.
1: Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Uh, well, hopefully Alex Rodriguez can buy the team. Uh, <laughs> n- not the Mets, the Sixers. <laughs> I hope A-Rod buys would, the Sixers. I would welcome that. <laughs> Me I would too. I I hope yeah. I would I would love to see because he, uh, he's on Shark Tank a lot. I'd love, love to it. see Josh Harris have to pitch the Sixers as a Shark Tank pitch <laughs> to like Mark Cuban, <laughs> the owner of the Mavericks, uh, the New York real estate lady, the lady with the toys on on the TV, and then uh, Barb, Bar- Barb, uh, Barb, uh, Laurie. Mm. Um, what up, Barb? Can b- before we go, Robert uh, Hershbech it does it creep you, you watch that show right uh Absolutely. shark tank okay good yep i this really like i i love the show so much and then it takes this takes julia and i out of it every once in a while where robert talks about his kids and it like just makes oh. us sick because
0: it makes it like Ill it's so because they're Ill. young they're like little oh, kids
1: yeah. oh god he you also, shouldn't have them. he
0: does this thing where he uh and it and it's—I think it's great. Like he—he he, he will somehow bring his dad' inspirational story, and in t- which again, it is an inspirational story. Mm-hmm. I think he came from nothing, and then, but he will just bring that up out of nowhere. Yeah, but he's a like white he immigrant. Be, like he's a white immigrant. Like right. how hard is that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. not like his yeah.
1: dad's a white fucking immigrant. I'm sick of that yeah. story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you pretty there? You said it. You said it. That one's on you. Yeah. <laughs> So I mean, yeah. Well anyways. Yeah, no, a, I agree.
1: I'm
0: a, my, huge, I'm a huge tanker.
1: Oh my god, I'm a big I'm a shark boy. I'm a fin man. Um You always been. I really have. Thank you for acknowledging that. Um this was this was so great. Thank you for doing this. Um Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, please please come back anytime that you would like. I Is want there one, one I- of one of Jeff's tweets you want to plug real quick before we go?
0: Uh no. I do want to no, plug neither. um uh a different Jeff of mine. He's mm-hmm. got this thing going. It's amazon.com.
1: Oh, cool. And cool, cool, cool. Just
0: check it out. And it's, you know, you plug that in, pop it in, and, you know, you can pretty much figure out from there. They're just trying to get off, off the ground floor. So, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, um, no, I love to that.
0: Shout that out. So,
1: well, shout out to that, Jeff. I hope it works out for him. And, you know, it sounds like for a nice, sure. I want to support small businesses as much as you do. So, amazon.com. Cool. <laughs> I love that vibe. I love that vibe. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Blake is really
0: funny. Blake is really cool. Blah, 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 Blake, Blake,
1: Blake. Thank you, Mike. Uh, one more thank you to Mike. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. You're the best. And um, hopefully that went well. I don't know, but I'm assuming it went great. You probably love him now. At Shire Nation on Twitter, if I didn't mention that before. I'm sure I did. I'm very good. So next topic, Leisure. Now, this is how I would handle uh, a natural disaster. So the fires are raging in Northern California. It's absolutely horrifying uh, what those people are going through up there. And I've been thinking throughout the pandemic, like, what would happen if I had to deal with, like, if a natural disaster, all right, Blake, you you got the notification, you have to evacuate. What are you doing? And a lot of this depends on the neighborhood that I live in. I do. I think I've said where I live, the general area in the past on this thing. But I am going to be as vague as possible. I don't want people coming to my place, you know. So um, I will try to do that as vague as possible. But this is how I would uh, handle like an earthquake, fucking fire. You got to go. You got to get out of here quick. There's threats. You don't know what you're going to do. So that's the situation here. So here's how I would. How I, and by the way, this is my feeling on, you know, I have a lot of a lot of people. I know a lot of people live across the country and uh, there is a thing with like people like, why the hell would you live in L.A. if there's a constant threat of earthquakes and fires? And to that, I say hey, there's a constant threat of earthquakes. Fire. We have a season. We have fire season, just like you, how you have winter. We have uh, fire. <laughs> that's that's our season. And um, you just kind of get used to it. You know, I was talking to someone about this the other day where which would you would you rather have the no matter what every single fucking year you have blizzards. Um, you know, I'm talking about like the northeast where I grew up. You have blizzards. You got like rain all the time. I would say what what? you can go out maybe two months a year outside on the East Coast, like at most and everywhere else. Uh, or So like at most uh, on the East Coast. So. Here you can go out. It's nice year round. However, there is a threat that like you might be killed. You know what I mean? Like you're probably not going to die in a blizzard, but you there's a small chance that you'll be killed in Los Angeles. So which is worse? I would rather live here. I mean, I guess because I do. But um, rather than living in the like just knowing like ten months a year my life is going to be complete shit weather wise on the East Coast, I would rather be like, all right, twelve months a year my life's going to be amazing though. Maybe one day during that period, my life be, might be brought to an end, and I think that adds excitement. That's just how I feel. Now, what would I do? So, as I, if if you listen to this podcast, you know I love material items. Uh, I don't. I try not to have uh, relationships with other people. I try not. Th- my love generally goes to fabric and plastic. So, what would I grab? From my place, if um if there was a natural disaster, it's like what do you throw in the bag? So I would grab um some of my prized possessions. Actually, some of these are not just material. Uh, these actually have a lot of sentimentality on it. Um, I would grab a my watch that I wear all the time because who like I can't let that go. I gotta know what time it is if I'm running around. Plus, I, I love that watch. Then I would grab my Nick Foles, uh super bowl 52 media day pullover authentic because you can't find them anymore uh, i spent a lot of money on it the eagle super bowl means more to me than anything else in the entire world so i need that all right so that's two things i would also grab these two things that uh my dad gave me that have a lot of uh a lot of sentimental value one is is, I'm not going to say one because it's, uh, it's valuable to me. And the other one, though, I spoke about this. I mean, they're both valuable, but I spoke about this on my last album, um, Stuffed Boy, which is available wherever the fuck you want to get it, um, where my dad gave me a, uh, a baseball after he was sick for a while. Uh, didn't know if he was going to make it, if you haven't heard that. It, it's an incredible story. you should listen to it. It's like a 10 minute story on my last uh, on my last album. I closed with it because it is uh, sad enough that you can't follow that story up with humor. But it has a nice ending. Um, so he gave me, I took him to a baseball game after like, you know I thought my dad was gonna die. And uh, we got through that part of his life. We get to this baseball game. I make us go early for batting practice so we can try to catch home run balls. I was uh, like in my, I wasn't young enough to do that. Like I was like eighteen or nineteen or twenty or something. So, ball sails towards my dad's head, hit off Joey Batista's bat, almost kills my dad after he survives this incredible illness that he had. And, or incredibly survives this illness. This illness, oh my God, it was so cool. <laughs> it was incredible. It was amazing. Um, and then he ducked, the ball nearly hit him in the head and um, he uh, not only ducked, but he uh, got the baseball. So he lived, got the baseball, signed it and it says cheating death again, love dad and the date that it happened. So I have that ball, I would take that with me. Um, what else? All right, so that was very, uh, where would I go? Now, here's the thing. If it was a helic, sorry, a uh, an earthquake, I would go like say everything's melting down around you, everything's fucked, you know, you can't drive out of the city. I would find a mountain, right, and get to the top of that, so I would be far away from most people. So like you know, out of shape people wouldn't be a threat to me, and then. I would be, like, you know, up away from everything. I would be able to see, hey, is there a route that I can escape LA, you know, from the mountain? So I would get up the mountain. Again, very strong legs would probably take me, like, a couple hops, and I would be up there. Um, next, oh, what would I bring, like, clothes-wise? So I would be sure I have these red-wing boots that I've had for years, and they're fucking great. They're, they're durable, and, like, I could kick too like if someone was coming at me if i if i swung with these boots on and i kicked them they're called iron rangers black red wing boots if i kicked hard it would shatter their femur and that's like if i had normal legs with these legs it would uh, honestly I, i'd be i'd be committing a murder um so i bring that and weapons speaking of murder it is interesting where every time there's been some sort of odd like event out here you know or like oh, once the pandemic hit whenever there's any adversity, I immediately go on Amazon and look up weapons. Uh, Like when the pandemic hit, I was like, Oh God, like, is everybody going to run out of food? Are they going to try to break into my place and take our toilet paper? Let me buy some like war knives, which I believe I spoke about early on when I, on the first episode of this podcast. So I got knives and then there was this heat wave that just hit where it's like, Oh, we might have to have blackouts across California. So I'm like, okay, if we get blackouts, I'm going to need to protect me and my, my girlfriend and our dog. So I'm going to need hatchets, you know, to fight off everybody. It is weird that whenever there's any adversity whatsoever, I just see it as an excuse to murder, <laughs> to kill someone. That's what it is. You know, it's just like, Oh God, here we go. Oh, Oh, is it raining a lot? I better get a sword so I can fucking stab uh, our neighbors. <laughs> you know, it's just immediate. That's my immediate response is just violence, you know? Oh, yeah, there's a like, I think the wind got up to 25 degrees today. Somebody get me my gun. The wind got up to 20. A a twig could fall off a tree. I'm going to need this gun. Um, So, yeah, I would have some sort of weapon. I feel like no guns. I'm going to take guns out of this. I believe a hatchet would actually be sick. I would have a hatchet for like hand to hand combat, a knife just in case I drop the hatchet, and then like a bat that I'd tape a knife onto like a bayonet. So that's what I would have in this natural disaster. Um, and then where would I go? I would definitely go... So on top of the mountain, by the way, um, it's like cooler up there. You have a better vantage point. Uh, the high ground I hear in military is, a, is an advantage. So this is more of a militaristic move as well. Plus, if there's rescuing, who who's a helicopter going to see first? They're going to see me... With my arsenal of of hand-to-hand combat weapons on top of a mountain, they're going to be like, we fucking need to save this guy. This guy, we need this guy. We're going to drop him off in Russia, and he's going to bring his big old legs to the fucking Kremlin. And Putin's going to be like, yo, I think I'm hot, but holy shit, look at this guy's thighs. And boom, peace on earth. Right? So that's what I would do. I would also consider going south towards mexico because in my mind mexico would be sick uh like i feel like they're like gonna have their ship better uh more together than the united states if a disaster like that hit so i'd either go to mexico or if i go south i can still go inland you know towards texas or something or i can make a left and go to the ocean you know what i mean or right i guess i would have to make so that's that's my plan I would grab as many um, hand-to-hand combats as possible, weapons. Uh, I would also, um, I also, by the way, always keep a full tank of gas. My main thing that I need is an inflatable boat. Because I think that, that's the game breaker. You know, if shit goes down, we drive to the fucking beach, I put that boat in the goddamn water. And, you know, obviously, if there's rough waters, that'll be an issue. But, like, we sail, we sail, we just stay a little bit off, you know? And, like, I'd rather fight on the ocean because that's, like... I feel like my ability as a fighter with my hand-to-hand weapons, I would be even better in the ocean, you know? Because that kind of, like, levels the playing field. But, knowing my luck, I would, like, take my hatchet and threaten someone and then, like, drop it on my inflatable boat and it would just, like... Just air would slowly <laughs> release and we'd sink. That is the natural disaster section. I, I am going crazier and crazier on this thing but that's okay that's what we're all about here okay who's we i, I think i'm like in a room full of people but i'm just alone all right next section oh it gonna be filthy politics blake is really funny blake is really cool blah 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 blake blake Jerry Falwell Jr. Uh, was right to be cucked for seven years, and that is my that is my take for this section. Now, let me give you some background. Uh, this week, you can look up the story. Just search Jerry Falwell Jr. if you'd like, uh, or even if you don't like. If you don't like, I wouldn't search it, actually. Um, who is Jerry Falwell Jr.? Uh, he is a he's the president of liberty college in lynchburg he's the son of jerry falwell senior and we will get to him in a moment but jerry falwell jr uh is anti-muslim anti-gay uh he thought covid was a conspiracy huge trump guy You, you you know you can picture who this person is um also massive uh evangelical christian and he heads up liberty uh college or it might be Liberty University, I'm not sure, in Lynchburg, Virginia, um where in the past he was accused of being a uh he ran the university like a dictator. He treated employees like shit. He would make weird, you know, sexual comments to his uh to the people who worked under him. Just a real fucking bastard. And uh by the way, his dad, Jerry Falwell Sr. is much more famous than he is and he did all these things too, but at a much higher level. Um also believe that uh gays caused 9/11. So this is the family, the family that we're dealing with. He's a very, very famous family. Um, and apparently, this guy, Jerry Falwell Jr., I'm going to just call him Jerry Falwell because it's easier. Uh, Jerry Falwell's wife uh, fucked a pool boy for seven years and, while Jerry watched it. So. This is fine, and by the way, I don't want to uh, sh- kink shame, and not even if this is a kink. I don't want to kink shame anybody here. You know, like whatever you want to do, as long as it's consensual, as ev- as long as everybody involved agrees to it, nobody's getting hurt. Do it. I don't give a shit. At all. So, in a vacuum, someone wants to watch their wife have sex with a pool boy for seven years. I think you need to do that, as long as the pool boy wants to do it. Uh, By the way, during seven years, I think that pool boy became a pool man. Thank you so much. So, and I am, I'm loving this. So, as long as the wife's into it. um, But... The reason why this is funny, so that in a vacuum, who gives a shit? Um, The reason why this is is so funny is that this guy Jerry follows like the antithesis of the type of person who would openly be cool about this. You know what I mean? Like this guy publicly would be so anti all of this, um, and you know, just to see someone get knocked down from their high horse in such a funny way is uh, is great. So that's my, th- this is my take. By the way, you may not think, you may think like, oh, like Jerry Falwell, fuck Jerry Falwell. I think he's right to, en- to have enjoyed this so much, okay? I really do. That's my take. I really do think he's correct. And if you want to get this full story, again, search Jerry Falwell Jr. P- pool Boy on the internet and every, it's not just like, oh, some, you know, TMZ has, or like, you know, actually some, uh, you know, public lower publication or some tabloid. It's been covered by Washington Post uh you know new york times cnn i'm sure fox news has some shit about it so it's great now here's why all right let me have a sip of coffee before oh and it's, it's it's a nice coffee by the way i was um in philly this was actually during uh the super bowl parade and i was staying at standup comedian uh chip Chantry's place and he was nice enough to let me stay there and i went to a coffee shop around the corner and uh, I asked for a coffee and the girl working there was like, would you like a hot coffee or a nice coffee? And it was like the coolest. I love like I think about that all the time. Calling an iced coffee a nice coffee is like so sweet. I love it. So anyway, I just took a sip of a nice coffee. And uh, here's why. OK, so here's why I think I'm like Did chip chantry. Do so- why did I bring up chip chantry? Oh, right. Because the iced coffee thing, which I took a drink of. Before I wanted to give my take on this. So this is why I think Jerry uh, Falwell was correct in um, watching his wife have sex with another man for so long. Uh, Because there's no way that Jerry Falwell could satisfy his wife. So in a way, this is an act of selflessness that everybody involved benefits from. You know what I mean? Because this man, like the pool boy, you know, he gets to have sex with his like boss. I guess, which is really, really cool. You know, that's like whatever, like it's pretty much what anybody ever wants. If it's like a cool situation, Uh, the wife gets to finally enjoy, uh, enjoy herself sexually. Because again, Jerry Falwell Jr. cannot, cannot. And I would say often would not uh, uh, satisfy a woman, you know, like he's this man, small penis to till the end of time, for sure, for sure. And doesn't know how to use it. Also refuses to learn how to use it. Like, listen, this is the tool God gave me. And honestly, I don't know how the hell it works, and I don't want to know. So willful ignorance in regards to the penis, that's a sentence. That is a sentence that will probably come back to haunt me at some point. Um Also, uh Jerry finally gets to enjoy himself. Cause this man, like again, like probably had a lot of pressure on him to satisfy his wife. And again, couldn't do it no matter what no matter what that man Jerry Falwell could not satisfy a woman so she finally gets to be happy and I think Jerry Falwell Jr. probably loves his wife I really do I think that man is a massive piece of shit however I it is not my place to say that Jerry Falwell Jr. does not love his wife it's just that he couldn't sexually satisfy her or any other woman for that matter. So she finally gets, and that's important for a marriage. That is a lot of marriage. So she finally gets to enjoy herself in bed with a person who is clearly, I mean, have you ever seen an unattractive pool boy? You know what I mean? Pool boys are good looking. They're always like, they're always in good shape, right? Cause they're doing manual work. Um, if they're white, they're tan, you know, um, and they're, they're hard workers. And I think, dude, in my mind, pool boys just wear bathing suits and they don't have a shirt on when they're cleaning a pool. However, now that I'm saying that out loud, that does not sound accurate, right? Like, you can't just show up to work shirtless, right? Unless you're a, I guess, unless you're a lifeguard. Let's go over the shirtless jobs. Um, UFC fighter, boxer. Pro wrestler, lifeguard. I'm trying to think of non-sports shirtless jobs. Um, I think you have to wear wear a shirt during construction. Um, Who else would be... A sign spinner has to wear a shirt. Basketball's a tank top. I only know sports and, like, a billboard isn't a human being. (laughs) So that doesn't apply. (laughs) Yeah, you gotta wear a shirt. A bouncer and a oh a model. Models don't wear shirts. Actors won't wear shirts. Um, yeah, so there is a couple. However, I do believe a pool boy has to wear a shirt. So let me take that back. But they look good, is the whole point. So, um and here's another thing. Uh now Jerry Falwell, less work, right? Because if he was indeed attempting to satisfy his wife, that is, and, and he's obviously unable to do it, that's so much work and effort and just wasted time. Now he gets to sit down. Oh, I didn't even tell. What, yeah, so uh, he would watch the wife have sex with his pool boy. Um, and either in person, he'd go and sit in a chair and watch, which I, I don't know. Probably, I would imagine if you're watching your wife have sex with a pool boy, you don't want to be in, like, too comfortable of a chair, <laughs> right? You don't want to be uncomfortable, you don't want to sit in one of those steel folding chairs. That's for sure. But you don't want to be in like such a comfy chair you fall asleep, right? Because if you're, gonna, if you're, if you're there, you're, you're there. You know what I mean? Like you want you want to make the most of the, uh, of the situation. So what would be a good chair? You don't want to have like a leather chair because you're probably going to be sweating <laughs> from watching it. So where would you – what other types of chairs are there? Like, a beach cha- that is, how funny would that be if, like, your wife is having sex with a pool boy, like, in your bed, and you're just, like, the bed's high up because he's rich, but you're just sitting in one of those little, <laughs> those, like, shitty beach chairs that, you know, like, fall out with the, like, creak with the metal, and you're just so far down, and your body language looks really bad because you can't, you can't really sit up in them, you know what I mean? Like, a a, a beach chair only looks comfortable if you're on the beach, so an office chair maybe how funny would it be if jerry fall was watching his wife have sex with another man and then like just in the middle of it just like you know hits the little lever on the chair and just goes Tier! and he just like, puts it down to a shorter level <laughs> or makes it higher yo this is my favorite second i've ever done um so yeah i think like i am very very happy for him it's less work um he outsourced the sex part of the marriage Good for him. Good for him. Sex is work, and he got to sit. And I think that's fantastic. Also, sometimes he would listen in. Or, like, he would just listen to the audio of it, you know, live. if he would, Like, it was at work or something. Or, you know, he would uh, have them do a remote video. That is true. That was in the story. So, this man, Jerry Fallout, for as backwards uh, as all of his beliefs are, you know, his uh, stance on men having sex with his wife... Actually, technologically speaking, very ahead of his time. Extremely ahead of his time. And this is a thing too, and I, I just like I wanna close with this, I think. Um <laughs> I just wrote that. He's grading papers while his wife has sex in the corner. <laughs> Can you imagine he's wearing these stupid little glasses because he's the president of that college and he's just like giving like A pluses like with red marker as like Just the sounds of his wife having the best time of her life right across the bedroom from him. Here is something that I do want to say, though. That sounds like I just made an edit, but I didn't. This is actually just uh, how I speak. Um, In coronavirus, during the time of social distancing, nobody until this podcast has talked about the effect that the coronavirus has had on the cuck industry. And so this man has already figured it out. You know, like, yes, if... Your wife is going to have sex with a pool boy. You want to be in the room, obviously. But for social distancing and corona spread, you know, what if you can't be in the room? Zoom. That is what Zoom, the, the business of Zoom, was actually intended for originally. It's so uh, hypocritical, um, homophobic, Islamophobic pieces of shit like Jerry Falwell could watch their wives have sex with pool boys. <laughs> And that's what it's for. I, there's nothing else I can really say on this subject. Let's go in for the close. Blake is really funny. Blake is really cool. Blah 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 blah. Blake Blake Blake. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, this was this was a weird one. This podcast was a lot. Uh, at least at least my sections were. Um, thank you so much to to Mike Hempshire for joining me. You're the best. I love you, buddy. Um, I also love, uh, thank you to Jerry Falwell for being so chill about, uh, pool boys, fucking your wife. And, uh, thank you to you for listening. Um, uh, Blake, uh, or patreoncom slash Blake Wexler. I think that's the name of it. Uh, if you can donate there. Uh, however, if you are only going to donate to one place, uh, please donate to those black lives matter charities that I have in the, in the notes, uh, especially because of, you know, just yet, yet another, Yet another uh, instance happened this week. So um, anyway, if you can, donate to those. And uh, that's, that's all from me. Uh, if you are a patron, I will give you your jokes that you demand from me every single Friday. I'll send those to you. And uh, you're, all, you're all great, okay? Even if your legs aren't as big as mine is, it still doesn't mean that you don't deserve the right to happiness, all right? And if you get nothing else out of this podcast, take that away. Goodbye. Oh, and I think I'm on Todd Glass's podcast this week. Not positive, but that should come out on friday if i am if not something happened all right goodbye
0: Blake Blake